This is the Rebuilding Success Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Rico, presenting live talks with business people who found success during and after the pandemic. Here we go, here we go again. Come bluff, I'm gonna be you to the end. I'm the one you ride, I'm the one you ride to. If you Today's show is sponsored by Empless. Empless helps you grow your business with hand-selected virtual assistants. Visit them today at Empless.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Virtual Bookkeeper. Virtual Bookkeeper helps you stay compliant while you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Visit them today at vbookkeeper.com. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the show today. I'm really happy and excited to introduce Ian Astrike. Ian is the founder of Backyard Bicycles based out of southern Wisconsin. Um, when, when I first heard about Ian's story, um, I felt it was the classic tale of someone who got handed lemons and made lemonade out of that. Um, during the first pandemic shutdown, um, Ian got laid off and uh, he opened a mobile uh, bicycle repair business. Um, and by the time the um, Ian's old employer um, came back to offer him his job back, uh, business was going so well that he declined so he could focus full time on his startup. Um, you, you nailed it. I, so I was a personal trainer when the pandemic was, was happening. I was working at Orange Theory Fitness. And, of course, organized group fitness, the pandemic sort of loomed over us and then selectively shut us down until the whole city was closed. And so I saw this coming, and I'm in my fitness classes being like, man, I don't really want to sit around and do nothing. Um, so I was trying to think of my other skills that I had, and I've, I've tuned up bikes for years. So actually, it started in the fitness classes. I was over the microphone um, that I would use to, to cue uh, fitness intervals. And I was like, hey, guys, does anybody have a bike? Anybody have a bike that needs a tune-up? And so I started with just a couple of um, the members' bikes. And it was just a, you know, a small business on the side to begin with. Um, I'd go over to their house, tune up their bicycles. But then it kind of struck me when I was in um, – a neighborhood that there's people biking back and forth and all these people could probably use a bike tune up because everyone's trying to get outside from the pandemic. And all of the local bike shops actually had a two week turnaround um, or more as well as being between hundred and $140. So people would be without their bike that pay way too much when money was already tight. So that's really where um, backyard bicycles now named curbside bicycles um, for <laughs> reasons we can get into later. Um, was born. Basically, now, as you said, I set up um, bike pop-up shops in neighbors in southern Wisconsin, so mostly in Madison. And these bike pop-up shops are just at people's houses, in their yards or driveways. It could also be in partnership with local businesses. And basically, I just set up shop for the day, um, reach out to the neighborhood, say, hey, I'm going to be here. I'm offering same-day turnaround bike tune-ups, so no need to wait two weeks. And in Madison, it's for $75, so much cheaper. And 
the whole of the Madison community just really, really responded well. Um, and I was busy probably five, six days of the week um, through the better part of the summer into fall, which is just incredibly humbling as a, a small startup that just sort of, I, I took the bike lemons and made bike lemonade. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. So, so uh, one, one of the questions uh, I, I was wondering, um, you know, I, I figured you, you already had uh, a lot of the tools um, handy anyway, and um, you probably had to stock up on some parts and supplies, but like, wh what was it from an investment perspective? Was it substantial? It was kind of this general gradient of an investment standpoint. Um, so substantial means different things to different people. I would say to start up uh, with just to have the initial tools and basic things where I could do a basic tune-up on somebody's bike probably cost me about $1,000. Um, so in my mind, in terms of a, a business startup, that's pretty low because I didn't have a brick-and-mortar location, and really I was just operating out of the back of my sedan. Um To this day now, of course, I've, I've bought hundreds of chains and brake pads and tubes and cables. Um, my investment's probably now around seven to $10,000. Um, but yeah, initially to get off the ground, really it was just a thousand bucks and I was rolling, which is awesome. Yeah, awesome. So um, I, 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 was, I was wondering, you know, I'm, I, I thought about your business and, and, and I, I thought there are so many aspects ab about it. You know, there's different business functions really baked into one. Um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, it doesn't really, um, a lot of them don't really become very, very aware of it on a day-to-day -day basis because they don't have departments like a big corporate enterprise does. But really, there's, there's right. a lot of business functions baked into it. Um, you know, you gotta do your business planning. You gotta book your locations. You gotta um, schedule customers that they don't come all at once, or um, they keep you busy throughout the day and and um, communicate back when when you get inquiries and emails and all kinds of stuff and calls, and mm -hmm. and you gotta you know, purchase your materials in time so you don't run out in the wrong moment. You got to take care of your marketing, your, your, your bookkeeping and all that stuff. So I was wondering what, what's, what's your favorite part about it and, and, and which are the parts that to you feel more like a chore? <laughs> so it's funny, a lot of what you just said was kind of a lot of the back end work. So the behind the scenes computer work um, before and after the pop-ups. Um, I think the part that I enjoy the most is actually the, the fixing of the bikes and the communicating with the customers and individuals, um, which I really realize that I'm blessed that that's my answer because a lot of times a bike mechanic or like let's say an auto mechanic, the reason there's a front desk worker at an auto mechanic store is so that that customer doesn't actually have to talk to the mechanic <laughs> typically because that person's kind of like a grumpy, like, eh, I just want to do my job. Um, so I feel really fortunate that I'm definitely a people person and I just love communicating. Um, so yeah, my favorite part is those interactions. I get to set up a shop and I'm face to face with every single person um, that's using me as a service. And I love that I can directly communicate, Hey, this is what you need. Here's what I got to do. And then I do it. 
Um, I love working with my hands. This is my first um, uh, most. So I have a bachelor's in kinesiology, um, which then led into various modalities of training. So I have worked with my hands per se, but not actually like really fix something down and gritty. Um, so that's my favorite part. I do also enjoy the organizational aspect. Like I created all my Google spreadsheets and stuff and I like kind of the behind the scenes um, and probably the most behind the scenes thing I enjoy um, is uh, website creation. So my, my website, which is curbsidebicycles.com, um, rather than just using a sort of built for you template or paying a service, uh, I made it myself. And that was really uh, rewarding, and I'm really proud of the product. So the, the parts that I don't like are all of the keeping track of all my, um, my parts and the accounting and everything, which is, is, is fine, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw your, uh, I had a look at your website, and uh, I, I was impressed. I didn't know you, you, you built that yourself. Um, So maybe that's yeah, uh, f uh, something for the next pandemic then. <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly, right. Maybe maybe some winters I'll take on some website design jobs. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's that's a that's a that's a fantastic segue uh, because I, I was thinking for sure there's there's a um, seasonality in this, right? You, you know, like uh, you, you guys in Wisconsin, you have, you have winters and, oh, yeah. and yeah, especially um, Wisconsin, there's a seasonality to it. Yeah. So, so I, I was wondering, you know, like, like how, how this, so, so this is basically your first off season. You started the business in April, I think. Um, yep. And uh, so, so how, how are you dealing with the seasonality? And the, the other question I had was, um, The, the, the same way that, you know, a lot of businesses get impacted by the pandemic in an adverse way. Um, I, I, I noticed on, uh, you know, from, from, from several businesses that I'm in contact with that, especially bicycles are doing really, really well during the pandemic. Like there's bike shops that have completely sold out of inventory Uh, during stretches of, of the pandemic. So um, what, what if that tapers off at some point? Yeah, great questions, Jack. Um, so I'll um, speak to the seasonality first. Um, definitely, I'm not really doing any bike pop-ups right now because it's 28 degrees outside currently. Um, but at, at, I pretty much stopped come October. And so for those couple months... The business really, it felt like I built a rocket ship and I didn't realize the kind of rocket ship I was building and it was apparently a successful rocket ship. And then it just took off and I was holding on to the tail of it, sort of just riding it through the summer. So I'm really playing catch up now, October, November, December on like actually writing up my business plan and formally getting all my accounting stuff. So for the first couple months, it's been like, wow, that was successful. Here's, I'm going to kind of formulate it, put it on paper. Um, I am working with a couple groups in town, like the small business development clinic and such, um, just to actually get a little bit of mentorship. But in um, two weeks, I will be driving down to Scottsdale, Arizona um, to stay with a friend of mine, driving down with all of my equipment and parts and everything. And I'm just moving curbside bicycles there to do pop-up shops probably for two, two and a half months 
uh, to test out a new market. So that's going to be awesome because then I actually can make a little bit of income as well as actually work with my hands and be in some warm weather for a few months. So yeah, for the time being, I'm handling the seasonality by just um, manually changing my seasons by changing location. Um, as to your second question of, do I think that I had a, 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 a giant boon because of COVID? Definitely. Definitely I did. Um, and not only because just bike, you know, did really well, but my business model itself would have really only worked um, more so on weekends because that's when people would be available and home all day to walk their bike to me and then pick it up, you know, later in the day when I was finished. And now with um, the pandemic, really every day of the week became a weekend day because now on a Wednesday, someone can walk to and from me because they're just working from home. So this is certainly something that I've recognized and anticipate is would start to quell a little bit of business potentially next year, if not the next. Um, so going forward, I'm going to pivot my business a little bit towards not just being um, neighborhood pop-ups, though that'll may be a majority of what I do, uh, but also partnering with local businesses, thinking like breweries, coffee shops, co-ops, um, setting up pop-up shops there, helping their customers and their customers helping me. Uh, as well as partnering with larger corporations. Um, so these are corporate medium, medium-sized corporations that have a strong wellness initiative. Um, basically being, hey, I'll set up a pop-up shop at the business for your employees. They can bike to work, have their bike tuned up while they're at work, um, and then bike home. And so that's really an area as people return to work, I foresee uh, curbside bicycles kind of straying more towards that territory. Yeah, that's uh, I, I I love all these insights because uh, you know thinking of yeah you're right there's there's Arizona there's there's Texas there's uh, uh, all kinds of you know states that don't get inundated by by loads of snow and yeah, uh, yeah that's that's still a market that's open uh, in in the off season um, one one aspect that you mentioned um, I, I found very interesting um, I I take it you you first started the business and, um, you know, basically learned the ropes and, and, you know, figured out what's important, what works, what doesn't. And, and now you're, you're sitting down and, and, and doing some more intense business planning. Um, that's, that's a very different approach than, than some other, um, startups have, startups have taken. They first sit down and they <laughs> theoretically come up with an idea and then they, um, shuffle around numbers and plan yes. and plan and plan and uh, some of them end up never starting or you know there's all kinds of constellations so I, I I'm really um, intrigued by by your approach there and uh, I was uh, wondering about hearing more about what your experience is with that How, how's how's that worked so far yeah so I, I've been in the startup realm before starting like um, health coaching businesses and tea, loose leaf tea delivery to people's doorsteps. And certainly in general, the way I uh, started where you just launch into it and then figure it out as it goes is not usually the prescribed and advised way that you want to do it. Um, I will say though, I think there's something to be said for um, not just being a entrepreneur, but rather being an entrepreneur. And I think, sort of the pushing of papers and crunching of numbers can kind of lead people to be like, man, yeah, I really want to start a business. And they do all this planning, 
but they're just not really willing to take that first step. So there has to be this balance between maybe doing, um, you know, enough that you know you're not going to shoot yourself in the foot and blow $10,000, but being willing to just jump into the deep end of the pool at, at some point and just starting with something. There's this concept of an MVP, the minimum viable product. Make, I really think take it to your MVP, scale it down even more. What can you launch that can just help one person, two people, just to start getting that initial feedback? Uh, I especially think, so I'm a service. I'm literally just working with my hands fixing something. Um, I think that's a lot easier to launch into without really thinking about it too much because I'm not making a huge investment other than just my time in helping people. Whereas say like, you're trying to be a biotech company or a software company and create a bunch of software. Don't just start building something you don't know if people want, because then you will spend tens of thousands of dollars, then only then be able to launch it. And then maybe you find yourself screwed. So yeah, to your point, I think a service at its core, is much easier to launch without a ton of planning. Um, But more of a technology or a software or something that requires a lot of backend work probably should have that planning and number crunching done behind it. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so I, I do know you have a, a, a great price and that certainly makes it, uh, um, easy for, for your customers to, to be all in, but what, what is it they, they really love most about your service? Uh, have you, have you, you know, spent a little bit of time on, on figuring that out? What, what, you know, What, what really drives your, 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 your customers to be crazy for, you know, your business? Absolutely. Uh, convenience, 100% that, that I'm in their neighborhood, um, that a, a lot of my customers actually say, you know, I wouldn't even have gotten a bike tuned up. Like I've sort of thought about, you know, maybe I need one, but they just weren't going to schlep it to the bike store, wait, pay, whatever. But I'm just in their neighborhood And they're like, why not? Is, you know, you're right down the road. Now's the best time. And actually, as I'm talking right now, I'm pulling up. Um, I sent a survey out. Well, I actually am still in the process of sending the survey out to all of my past um, cl- uh, customers. And one second. One of my questions was... Um, of these the reasons to choose backyard bicycles, which is the most important to you? Um, about 45% of respondents said convenience. The bike shop is right in my neighborhood. I didn't have to um, schlep the bike to a shop. And then the next important one was speed. Um, same day turnaround because, and that was about 28% of people. Um, and that was because, especially during the busy season, as you said, bike shops were literally sold out of bikes. And they also had a two week plus turnaround time. So me offering in your neighborhood, same day, uh, that really sealed the deal. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, I, I, I really like how you're using uh, technology to, um, you know, like get some, some solid data on, on, you know, that takes out the guesswork. That's, that's really awesome. Um, so, I understand people have the the option of either waiting until you're in their neighborhood or they 
you know, like if you're a couple towns over, they, you know, have the option of, you know, hunting you down and throwing their, uh, their bike in the trunk and, uh, coming over to see you or, um, what, what's also a really great option is they, they could actually host, um, one, one of your pop-up shops. Um, how, how hard is it to, to get people to, to volunteer for hosting one? Yeah. So I've found you just got to make the ask. Uh, so initially, and it, for me, my aggressiveness of trying to find pop-up shops all depends on how many I have set up. So if I'm good for the next two weeks, somebody reaches out, I send them to my website and say, Hey, there's an interactive map on there. It's got all my upcoming pop-ups. Just let me know which one you want to come to. Uh, but if I am in need of pop-ups, uh, I, in the beginning, I re- reached out to past contacts, pitched my business and said, Hey, would you mind just hosting me? Literally all you have to do is just let me set up in your driveway and post a flyer on neighborhood social media. And honestly, I think I maybe had two denials or three. Like most people are like, yeah, for sure. You know, they don't have to be home all day necessarily. I'm minimally invasive. I bring my own water and food. <laughs> so people were, yeah, very receptive. And if I was in need of pop-ups, let's say middle of the season now, uh, and I got a Facebook message, hey, heard about your business. Um, can I get my bike tuned up? I would send back something like, yeah, absolutely. Hey, how about I come to you? And by the way, would you mind if I just kind of set up a shop in your house? So it sort of made it seem like a nonchalant, like, oh, this is just a quick idea. And almost always they're okay with it. So, yeah, I, I ran into pop. Sometimes people would see me at a pop-up shop and they'd ride by and say, hey, this is awesome. So great. I have a great location. Would you want to come to me? Um, I had a couple weeks stretch that it just kept happening to me. And I had a whole month where I didn't even have to worry about it. It was awesome. So, it yeah, really is and, this and weird. You, you also flow. mentioned in the beginning that um, you know you're you're planning on partnering with with other businesses. So so I was thinking that's that's an you know if ever you know you 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 had a dry spell of people volunteering their their driveway. Um, I, I bet there's a ton of coffee shops, especially especially during the pandemic, that that would you know in, enjoy. Um, you know, selling an extra couple cups of coffee for, for each of the customers you bring in. So there's, there's, there's really great synergies to be uh, used there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I mostly tapped into breweries so far because I am in Wisconsin. <laughs> so I, I, you're doing bikes you're and doing beer. Bike <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, but on the other hand of the, of the breweries, I've actually been thinking um, churches. Probably don't have beer there, but like, you know, you bike your bike to church and then you're at your service and you get your bike tuned up. So certainly there's tons of synergies that can happen all over the place. And I'm, I'm contemplating those all now in my off months. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, so what, what was the, um, I, I, I bet you have a couple anecdotes up your sleeve and I was, I was really curious to, to hear at least one of them. Um, you know, there's always some, near catastrophes that get averted when you know people start up a new business and you know get into new things or um you know just some some happy accidents you know things that you would never expect and they boom you you know there's just an opportunity that falls in into your lap um what 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 is what, what 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 is some of the most unexpected things that happened during these endeavors yeah um 
Uh, let me just think for a second. So I guess the most unexpected good thing, well, the, the fact that it was so successful was <laughs> very good. Uh, towards the end of the season, I was doing, I was volunteering for a ride. It was a ride to raise money for leukemia and lymphoma. Um, and there was a reporter there uh, for local news. And I went up to her, not as part of the ride, but I was like, hey, you know what? Here's my business. I'm just volunteering here, but here's what I normally do. Um, uh, basically, do you think that's cool? Would you like to do a story on me? Just kind of making the ask. And she ended up saying yes. So I got on the local news, which was great. Um, here's, the, here's the sort of unexpected part. That then actually got picked up by the Wall Street Journal. And I was featured in an article in the Wall Street Journal um, about basically what this podcast is about is successful entrepreneurship during COVID. And then that got picked up and I did live interviews on um, CNBC and Fox News, which was awesome and and definitely gave me a good amount of publicity and a bunch of emails and everything. Wow, that's so, that, yeah. that's fantastic. I mean, you know, just just one little chat on the side um, turn, turns you into a celebrity. <laughs> it, yes, right, a local celebrity. No, it, it just goes to show you have no idea. I was, I remember, I was sitting on a picnic bench. I'm like, ah, do I really want to bug this interview? You know, this uh, news lady. And I'm like, well, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? She'll say no, whatever. And I, I shoot myself in the foot if I didn't. So I just kind of got up and did, went and did it. And then all that happened because of it. So just, just take the leaps. You know, that's a good um, amount of advice. Uh, my, my bad anecdote, it's kind of funny. Um, when you're starting a business, you have no idea how successful it's going to be. Kind of assume that maybe it's going to be successful in the sense that you're going to have a decent amount of income and you should perhaps do your due diligence in the beginning um, in many ways, but in part on your name. So I'm saying this because you introduced me as backyard bicycles and I said I have now switched to curbside bicycles. Uh, there are four backyard bicycles or backyard bikes or similar names in the world. Three out of those four are in southern Wisconsin for some insane reason, of course. <laughs> well, okay. um, me being one of those three. So I had started and um, – a couple of months ago, two months ago, uh, another one of them reached out to me and they said, hey, we've been doing this since the 1990s under the name Backyard Bikes. And uh, basically, you need to not use that name and threaten to cease and desist and whatever. And, and I talked to an attorney and like I, I could have fought it because I was far enough away from them. But I just decided to kind of do the right thing. And I was only one season in. Um, so I switched my name to Curbside Bicycles, which luckily... Google allowed me to retain all of my my favorable reviews and everything, and it, it doesn't seem to have affected me that much. Um, but still, I went a whole season establishing myself as one name, um, and if I would have just thought in the beginning, you know, maybe this will be successful, I should do my due diligence, that would have been avoided. So, yeah, kind of ironic that... I, you know, and, and part of me thinks that the fact that there was that many backyard bikes in southern Wisconsin, it just was a sign that I should have been um, curbside bicycles, which actually d does describe my service a little bit better uh, since I am on the curbside. And also curbside is <laughs> perhaps as a result of the pandemic. It's kind of a hot term, it's a hot word. Everybody knows what curbside is. It brings to mind ease and convenience, which is exactly what I want to convey with my name. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 a that's that's an interesting thing. I mean, uh, you 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 would you would think if the you know if the .dot com domain is available that you know the existing businesses would have taken that if they you know are keen on having that name, but. Um, <laughs> well, nope. sometimes. No, nope, really not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, you've you've learned a lot of things um, du during the time when 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 you, especially when you started, and uh, you probably learned some 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 things um, the hard way, other things you already knew. Um, what What's your advice to people? that are still impacted by the pandemic i mean unfortunately we're we're, we're still not through it and a lot mm -hmm. of people are um you know either out of work or their job is on shaky ground um some of them might be you know kicking around the idea hey i could you know start a beauty salon or i could do this i could do that um what, what's your advice to people um who, who have th those those sort of ideas Yeah, so I, don't try to get rich quick. Don't ha try to have a business that's going to be the next big freaking software app, whatever, because uh, it's probably not going to happen. And it sounds like it's easy to create these things, and it's incredibly difficult to create something and, and market something that becomes wildly successful. Uh, and you won't realize that until you start doing it. Um, I think having a, a smaller service oriented business, um, especially in the pandemic is, is sort of like a side hustle side gig is, is really viable and kind of almost becoming, I don't want to say the new norm, but definitely a new norm. Yeah. Like they always um, say niche down, right? Like, like, uh, find, find your niche, the more, the more specific, yeah. the better. Totally. Right. And, and something that you enjoy, like, like I said, the, the part I like about my business is not like super businessy and making tons of money. It's I really just love working on bikes and talking with people. So if you love painting or, um, you know, designing or what, whatever it may be, um, freaking melting a bunch of crayons together, making art. I don't know. <laughs> um, just find a way to, to start and even just do it for your neighborhood. Um, so I think, I've sort of stumbled on this idea of neighborhood social media. Uh, and I know this is in all towns to a degree in my area in Madison, it's really quite prevalent. So when I say that uh, I'm talking like neighborhood Facebook groups, uh, there's a website called Nextdoor, which is the essence of neighborhood social media. And some neighborhoods even have um, email listservs or like condo associations will have email listservs where they, the neighborhood kind of just keeps in contact. And especially with the pandemic where we don't have face-to-face -face interaction, I think these uh, outlets are a really great way to offer your services initially. So this is how I get all of my bike tune-up pop-ups out there is I just post on these and they're free. So if you have a service to offer, don't go on Facebook and pay, you know, $100 a week to try to run an ad to the greater, you know, Tucson area or wherever you're from. Um, just post it where locals can see it and kind of make your plea and be like, Hey, the pandemic is affecting me, but here's what I really like to do. And if I could make this a thing that makes me income, that'd be awesome. Um, does anybody need this service? And you'd be really, really surprised by just making that ask, uh, the response that'll happen. 
Yeah, cool. Um, so so you you've you've gained a lot of experience in in doing this. You 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 know your customers. You you know what works and what doesn't. You 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 know all the the, the do's and don'ts. And uh, so I, I was wondering what what's next for for your business. Uh, are are you? Uh, uh, I I guess you're not staying uh, regional. I I I I heard you're you're already dabbling into. Uh, sticking out your feelers towards Arizona. Um, what about creating jobs, hiring people, uh, perhaps uh, franchising your business or perhaps both? Uh, have, have you had any thoughts on that? So what's, what's next? Yeah, definitely. That, <laughs> those have been my thoughts for the last two months is what, what am I doing here? So yeah, uh, short term going into Scottsdale, Arizona to test out a new market. Um, eventually if I was able to have somebody who lives there full time, take that over as a, a branch. Awesome. That's kind of where I'd like to go there. Um, here in Madison this upcoming year, I plan on hiring one, perhaps two other employees, um, to do pop-up shops autonomous of my own. And that will really open up the flexibility to not only do, um, neighborhood pop-up shops, but also business pop-up shops simultaneously. So short-term this upcoming year, trying a new market and hiring on an employee. Um, all while thinking and really creating, the, the reason these pop-ups have been successful is because of a long list of processes that I've created that are all in my head. So I'm getting those down on paper. And really this would be the start of if I did want to franchise in the future, which is certainly something I've thought about. Of what am I going to offer my franchisees? And it's going to be, the formula as to how to set up these pop-up shops, how to find them and why they're successful and how to make them successful. Um, so really going into 2022, I hope to have a good idea of, um, am I just going to branch into a couple cities and own all of those own branches myself, you know, and kind of remain a relatively smaller though branched organization, or do I actually want to franchise? Um, And something that's very salient to me that I keep in my head is I know that if I franchise out, I really do think this could be very successful. However, I'm not so disillusioned to believe that I would still be just a humble bike mechanic. I very much so understand that becoming a franchisee, I am now a businessman and I'm filtering through, you know, dozens, hundreds of applicants and I'm on the phone and I'm talking about profit profit and loss statements. And so really it's the question of uh, even if that is possible and even if that would make me a lot of money, is that something I really want to do? Um, and that question remains to be seen. Awesome. Thank, thank you very much, Ian, for, for joining us today and sharing all of your experiences. Um, how can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is um, curbsidebicycles.com. They can certainly find me on there along with all my contact information. Um, of course, at this point, I am located in the Dane County, Madison region. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Curbside Bicycles, but, you know, also for Dane County. So if anybody has any questions or um, they're potentially like, wow, this is awesome. I'm a bike mechanic in a different city. I'd love to start a branch. Um, go to curbsidebicycles.com and reach out to me and I'd love to have that conversation.
as your host Jack Rico and on behalf of the entire team I thank you for listening to today's show if you like the Rebuilding Success podcast consider subscribing to it on your favorite podcast platform tune in every Tuesday for a new show as always I would love to hear from you about the topics you are most interested in whom would you like us to invite next send me an email to jack at rebuildingsuccess.com I can help you out